Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. When investment performance matters, make sure your savings are with Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Now, 2023 was a record-breaking year for wind power generation and already this year, January saw more than a third of Ireland's electricity coming from wind power. The government points to the potential of floating offshore wind supply to meet not just Ireland's electricity needs, but also to power large parts of Europe. Well, from our Limerick studio, Fianna Fáil Senator Timmy Dooley, uh, uh, their Shannon spokesperson on climate action, joins us now. And also on the line, we have Sinn Féin Senator Lynn Boylan, climate justice spokesperson for Sinn Féin. And you're both very welcome to the programme this evening. Um, Timmy, I'll start with yourself. And, and those January numbers uh, are impressive, uh, on the face of it at least. Does that suggest Ireland's renewable energy targets are in hand? Yeah, thanks very much, Sarah. Um, we're in hand, but the reality is that we can't sit on our laurels because if we are to be successful uh, in decarbonising our economy, that means moving a lot more of our heat and transport um, and, and large-scale industrial uh, development uh, to electricity. And, and that of itself will require much more um, and increased demand. And clearly, if we're to get the balance right, that demand will have to be met through the generation of wind or the use of solar. Um, the difficulty is that, and we all know it, particularly those of us that are involved in politics, that many communities don't want to see more or a greater proliferation uh, of wind turbines mm. on land. So that, that poses a problem, and that's why... We really have to expedite uh, the transition to offshore. Now, the government have some proposals around the south and uh, southeast coast um, in relation to fixed bottom uh, uh, offshore wind capture. But the real bounty for me, uh, and I think most people that are focusing on it, is the potential to capture wind out into the Atlantic Ocean. Um, now, that will require what's called uh, floating wind farms, where the technology is emerging, but emerging really quickly. And there are demonstrator projects like this in places like Portugal, in Norway and off Scotland. Um, just today we actually had a conference in Clare about this uh, initiative and we had the um, Energy Commissioner Kadri Simpson over from Brussels explaining clearly to both industry and to investment the kind of opportunities that exist and okay. the demand that will exist for electricity, not just in Ireland, but through interconnectors into powering um, the European grid of the future. Okay, so it's, it's, it's all to play for Lynn Boylan by the sounds of that. Well, I suppose first and foremost, we can't discredit the importance of, of onshore wind because the problem is we're seven years out from meeting the, the 2030 targets, which are extremely ambitious of an 80% renewable energy by 2030. And yet we're only connecting half of the rate that's required of onshore electricity and our offshore wind, while the phase one is to be welcomed and, and the, the cost came in quite quite good in terms of the first offshore auction, most of the experts are saying that, that we're unlikely to get beyond phase one by the end of 2030. So therefore, onshore wind will be critical and onshore so or solar as well in order to reach the 2030 targets. Mm. In relation to, to floating wind, floating wind is, is something that will be there in the future. But at the moment, all of the experts are telling you it's extremely expensive and it is a few years off yet. So what we need to focus on is what can we deliver, which is onshore wind and the offshore wind and get the system right and efficient that we can deliver it in a timely manner. It's a big problem, though, the onshore wind. Timmy, if you accept what Lynn Boylan's saying is that we need to focus on that first because uh, they're all stuck in planning, aren't they? 
Yeah, like Wind I mean, Energy Ireland last year highlighted that on board Planal it's taking an average of 90 weeks to issue decisions on wind farms instead of its target of 18 weeks. Um, it says there's now two gigawatts of onshore wind projects stuck in the planning system. Yeah, it's really complex and, and I take Lynn's point. Well, that's not um, complex. That's just the planning system well, not working. Well, 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 we've also got to recognise that communities have a right to object and I, I take Lynn's point about the necessity to bring stuff on but if you live and represent rural communities um, and many of your party members do Lynn you, 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 will, you will know from them that there is very significant resistance. Many of the sites that were suitable or perhaps more suitable uh, for onshore wind have been developed and it's becoming increasingly more difficult to get that through the planning process quite frankly because communities are resisting it and uh, you, you know we have to work with communities because the technology is getting much bigger and larger and it's having a greater impact no, on I understand communities. That. Sorry, so we've got to work our way through this. Uh, Lynn? Well, well, we do have to work with communities and communities absolutely have a right to engage with the planning process and to have their voices heard. And in fact, it's this government that's trying to make it more difficult for communities to engage with the planning process. But what we know from the experience of the, the wind energy uh, industry and from communities is that the planning process is not properly resourced to handle the level of applications that are coming in. So it needs uh, more people with more skills to, to I suppose, expedite the planning applications and then when it comes to the, the planning objections or judicial reviews we also need the courts to be resourced because mm. everybody should have a right to access justice the issue in Ireland because in other countries people have the same issues communities engage with the process it's this slowness of the system which is what's frustrating um, both communities, yeah. but also wind energy. And also we don't do community energy well in this country. We have yet to have a, a single community-owned wind project connected to the grid. Yeah, Timmy Dooley, isn't that the point? That, that the problem here, or one of the big parts of the problem is, is with Onboard Planola, that it's not resourced properly to deal with this. Clearly it's not resourced if it's taken an average of nine, 90 weeks to issue a decision. Yeah, there's no doubt that Board Planola needs to get its work done, not just with wind farms, but all applications. Yeah. Um, we have this issue, particularly in rural areas where there's very significant delays, whether it's so one-off houses. So why isn't it the resources it needs? Well, I think there's, it's more than just resources. There were some issues with um, the governance of Board Planola, which mm. has been addressed by this government. That took some time and it had to be worked through in a, in, in a careful manner. The Minister, I've spoken to him about this, he's absolutely committed to ensuring that Board Planola is fit for purpose. But uh, as we all know those governance issues um, some of which um, had to be investigated very thoroughly if some of those cases have worked their ways and through the courts. And would you expect so to me there would be similar objections to offshore as there are onshore because I mean for a lot of people living in coastal areas they will be visible won't they? Uh, they will be uh, on the near shore where uh, it's referred to as fixed bottom where the um, turbines are, are attached to sandbanks that are relatively close to the surface and that's why I think we really have to expedite the floating offshore potential out into the Atlantic because these farms will be mm. somewhere between 16 and 32 kilometres offshore well beyond And will we reach uh, our targets with the, waiting for that technology? Well, well if we wait possible. for everybody else if we wait Lynn Boyan you say it's not possible yeah, If we wait for everybody it, it, else it, to get ahead and we leave it till the end we won't reach it 
have told us uh, and we have heard both from at the committee and you're a member of the committee as well, Timmy. We have repeatedly heard when the issue of, of floating offshore has been brought up is it's extremely expensive and the technology is not just there yet. It will be there in the future. But we have seven years to reach our 2030 target. But, so we can't wait around if, for the technology that's not there. If we if we keep saying ah, that's out into the future, let somebody else do the uh, preparatory research and development work by the time it is uh, at a rate that's okay. um, in, uh, less expensive, we'll have lost the opportunity for job creation. So right. we can do we, both. We need Lynn. to do both. Uh, we need to do both. We do Absolutely. need to do both, okay. and that includes <laughs> onshore Agreement as well breaks as offshore. Drive time. Um, before I let you go, Timmy Dooley, I just want to ask you briefly. I, I noticed in the Clare Echo, you mentioned that conference that um, you, you were holding or you were attending at least um, yeah. about about wind energy, um, and the Clare Echo is reporting that there's big disquiet in, in Fianna Fáil about this among Fianna Fáil members in Clare because the party's only TD in the county, Cahill Crow, wasn't invited to the event. And I was just looking at a list of who was invited to the event. I mean, there was the Minister of Climate and Environment for Sweden. There was the Minister of Transport and Communications in Lithuania. Uh, there was the European Commissioner for Energy. And poor old Cahill Crow, your, your colleague down Fianna Fáil, wasn't invited. What happened there? Yeah, well, there was an effort by some to make a little political squabble out of this. Um, every member of the organisation in Clare was issued with an invite by party headquarters. I didn't issue the invites. Um, so that's as much as I can say. Cahal did attend when it was brought to my attention by a journalist uh, that he hadn't received his invitation. Uh, I immediately forwarded him a copy of the invitation that had originally been sent to him. Okay, so he, he did get an him, invite, did he? Oh, absolutely. And this was brought to my attention on Tuesday that for some reason, even though his wife got one, his parents got one, every other member got one, uh, he, he says that he didn't. And when... I think some either he or somebody close to him raised it with a journalist who contacted me and immediately uh, that I was made aware of that I, I got a copy from party headquarters of okay. what had been sent to him um, and and uh, I sent it to him immediately and I called him um, and I satisfied him that he was more than welcome okay. and, and he did of course you'd and, want and him he there. did attend Oh, he did attend. He did, he did. attend. Okay. He did. All right. Well, we'll leave it there for the moment. And thank you both very much for joining us. That's Timmy Dooley and Lynn Boyle. And you can text us to 51551. 